Well, today's pastor appreciation, but before we get started, I want to remind you, it doesn't matter where you're at or what you're going through today, God's love will never lose its power, and he's reaching out to you. All you have to reach do is reach back and take a hold of the things that he has for you, because he has great things for you. So just remember that today. He loves you, and he's here for you. Well, today... We're going to talk about our pastor. Okay, talk about it. <laughs> it's right up back to death. But really, we want to take time, a little bit of time, to give honor where honor is due. Because we are blessed. And I want to talk to you today a little bit. You're actually going to get a two-for-one deal, because Curtis and I are going to tag team this message a little bit. Um, but I'm going to start by talking about the qualities of a pastor. The qualities of a good pastor. Because there's many people that can preach. But it takes something special to be a good pastor. So we're going to start with P. Obviously I could probably come up with a lot more things. But we're going to focus on these letters today. So P, I chose... A pastor is patient. That's what I chose for Pete. They're also humble and kind. You see, they have developed a spiritual nature. If you turn to Galatians 5 and 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit produces in a person's life love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those attributes don't just automatically happen to a person. Whether it's you, whether it's the pastor, they must be practiced and developed on a regular basis. So that they are operational in your life. And the second thing that a pastor is, is accountable. And they're also able to teach and to delegate. Because they represent Christ to their congregation and to the church world, pastors are held at a higher standard. Biblically, and you can even say when you're looking at a pastor, you expect more of them than you expect of somebody else. They're held to a higher standard, and they have to be accountable for their actions. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 and I'm going to read this in the Passion, the Passion Translation. It says, And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. You see, there is no I in team. There's no I in team. Dad teaches often about bringing your supply. We are all responsible to play our part in the body of Christ. It's not just up to the pastor to get everything done. 
It takes each of us. And God has a ministry for each and every one of us. No matter what that is and what capacity, he wants to use you wherever you're at. And Jesus tells us when he went to be with the Father that we would do greater works than him. So Jesus also knew how to teach and how to delegate. That's what he did with his disciples. He prepared them and paved the way so that they could go out and reach others. And that's what a pastor does for you. He prepares you and he teaches you. And then he gives you a job to go do. Or the Lord will give you a job or, or lay something on your heart to do. And that's how that works. And the third thing, the S is being spirit-led. Being spirit-led. Galatians 5.16. I'm going to read this also from the passage, passage translation. It says, As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When we are led by the Spirit, we're no longer moved by our flesh and what we want and what we think. We're sensitive to the Spirit and what He's telling us to do and where He's telling us to go and what He's telling us to say. And that's what a good pastor does. They listen to the Spirit when He speaks so that they can communicate to you the things that God has for you to hear. So when we are led by the Spirit, we are allowing Him to live freely in our lives. Romans 8.14 says, For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. But you know that doesn't just apply to the pastor. It applies to you and it applies to me. We all need to dive into the Word and develop our relationship with God so that we are led by the Spirit and what He tells us to do. The next letter is T. And I chose trustworthy for that. Trustworthy. And Proverbs 28, 26 says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. You see, a wise man trusts in the Lord with all his heart. He doesn't lean on his own understanding. Because how many times have you gone with your feelings and your own thoughts and it's tripped you up? That's how it works. We have to trust in him. The next is O. They operate in love. Now we know this is a big thing for dad. And they have their love confessions that they speak every day. And 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 3. I'm going to read these, just the three verses. Because these three verses actually tell us the way of love. And it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and not have charity, I am nothing. And though I 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. You see, you can be the most eloquent speaker that there is. You can do wonderful works of God, and you can give all your money away and help everyone there is. But if you don't have love, the Bible tells us it profits nothing. We have to work in love. That's, the, that's God's mandate to us. And it does you no good if you don't. And R is respectful. Respectful. And they also read the word. When we taste respectful, you know, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. You know, you really need to find out what it means to God. Because a pastor is respectful. But we have to listen and follow. And we have to show respect. First Peter 2.17, in the Amplified Version, it says it like this. It says, show respect for all people and treat them honorably. Love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, and honor the king, which is relating to a leader. And a pastor is our leader. And we are to show him honor. God expects us to show him honor. And Titus 2, 7, and 8 in the Remedy Translation says, Show them by all you do what Christ-like character looks like in action. Teach with simplicity and candor so that even children can understand. Make the lessons and practice make the lessons practical. Build on solid evidence that cannot be refuted so that those who may oppose the remedy may be silenced because they have nothing to say that can disprove what you are teaching. You see, a good pastor's teachings are based on the Word of God. Not what they think about a subject, not what they feel about a subject, what God says about a subject. And a good pastor's teachings are able to be duplicated and shared with others. The concepts should be so simple that we can grab a hold of them and we can tell someone else about them so that, that it keeps going. It doesn't just stop with the pastor. Because a good pastor is constantly teaching and giving us the building blocks that we need to create a firm foundation. All these little points that they teach us out of the Word, they build a strong foundation in our life. And each and every little point that you get is a block. And you might not feel like you're accomplishing a whole lot by walking in love or maybe having the joy of the Lord. Or maybe sharing a message that you learned with somebody else. It might not feel like very much in that moment. Or you didn't make much of a difference. But each time you do that, you're building a foundation block in your life. And it strengthens you. And once you have developed in all of those areas, 
feel a solid, firm foundation so that no matter what comes against you in life, you're able to withstand it. And that's what a pastor does. They help us build a firm foundation in our life. And we have truly been blessed with a good pastor that teaches the word. So I want to, before I turn it over to Curtis, I want to share just a few ways that we can honor them in the scripture. And the first is to support them. The elders, of the, the elders who are good leaders to be considered are to, are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. And the worker is worthy of his wage. That's 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18. One of the other ways that we can support them is financially. That's part of the way that we can honor a pastor. The second is to love them. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13 says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. You see, one of the ways that we can honor and show love is to lift them up. Don't allow others to criticize and put them down. Respect their teachings, because if they're teaching you the word of God, if you're not showing them respect, you're not showing God respect. So we should respect their teachings and hold them in high regard. The third thing is to pray for them. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in fervent prayers to God on my behalf. That's what Paul said. And your pastor prays for you. He prays for you. They pray for you regularly. But guess what? They're not immune to the things that happen in life. Just like you go through things, a pastor goes through things too. So they need your prayers just as much. We should lift them up. Rebuke the devil and the devourer on their behalf. And the fourth thing is that we should follow them. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, since they keep watch over your souls and those who will give account, so that they can do this with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. You see, they are leading under God's leadership, and they are ultimately accountable to him. Therefore, as church members, it's our responsibility to obey and to submit to our leaders as long as they are teaching in accordance with the Word of God. That's our job. He's accountable for teaching the Word. We're accountable to submitting to Him as a leader, whatever capacity that's in. Because a good leader will always lead by example. A good leader will lead by example. 
I've heard it said like this. You should never take advice from somebody that you wouldn't want to switch places with. I don't know if you ever heard that before. You should never take advice from someone you wouldn't want to switch places with. That's why we lead by example. If you want somebody to do something that treats you a certain way, you treat them that way. Because that is walking in love and developing our love walk in our relationship. So as you go forth, just be thinking about those things. You know, the things that a pastor is to us. Because he gives of himself every day. Not only does he work a full-time job, he's here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night so that he can minister to you and so he can minister to me. You don't think that takes a toll on a body sometimes? It does. Do you have any idea the time that goes into preparing messages? You don't just wake up one morning and have a message that you're going to preach on. You have to study to show yourself approved. And he develops that relationship. It takes time for him to do that. And he's instilling those principles in us. So today we're going to honor him. And I'm going to turn it over to Curtis so he can complete the message on honor. I'm going to complete the transaction. <laughs> You know how to know the difference on a pastor from anybody else. He said there were three friends that went out hunting. And uh, one of them was a preacher, the other one was a lawyer, the other one was a doctor. So they're deer hunting, they're walking along. They looked, they said, there's a buck right there. And they saw that big old deer, big old buck out there. So they shot them all at the same time. They all shot. And then they went up there and got to the deer and they looked and they said, well, Man, said, this dead. But it ain't got one bullet hole in it. And so they argued. Said, who shot the deer? And finally a, a game board come up. And he said, well, what's all the commotion over here? He said, they told him what happened. He said, and we all shot it. He said, but there was only one bullet hole. He said, uh, well, let me look at it. And so the game board gets down. He looks and he examines it from different angles. He said, that's easy. He said, the preacher shot it. And they were all baffled, said, how could you know that quick? Who shot that deer? He said, well, it's easy. It went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> so that's how you know. Boom. That's not how our pastor, that's not how we view him. We listen and we get it. You know, we listen and we get it. We keep it in here. Uh, I saw that. I said, man, I said, that's funny right there. <laughs> Now, uh, Holly talked about honor and, and uh, what a pastor is and, and different aspects of it and uh, and why we should honor and how we should honor, rather, uh, our pastor and leaders. And I just kind of wanted to bring it to a, not that we don't get benefit just from, just from uh, showing respect and everything, but there's some uh, areas in the Bible where it talks about how that we can... Um, be blessed extra from showing honor. And I wanted to look at uh, David's life, not this David's life, but King David's life, 
And uh, 1 Samuel 22 and 1 and 2, it says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. So, kind of before we get to this section, kind of back up and look, all right, this is David's life. David's the one that he's out herding the sheep. Uh, Samuel comes and he winds up anointing David as a young boy to be king. Uh, so David winds up going through. Uh, Saul winds up having an evil spirit back to him. And so they call upon David. He goes and gets his first kind of interaction with Saul then. And uh, he plays his heart for him. We'll skip forward a little bit. David kills Goliath. Uh, Saul has him to come and live with him. And he makes him captain over his armies. He makes him a mighty warrior. Uh, Saul becomes jealous at that point of David, and uh, David's out killing thousands, and then uh, Saul's only get killing his hundreds or whatnot. Um, so David, Saul winds up saying, he said, look, I'm going to kill David. He, he already sets it in his heart and said, I'm going to kill David. So David flees, and he escapes. There's a lot of stuff in between there. You can go back and read it, but this is the gist of it. David flees and he goes into this cave and all these men come to him. His brethren and, and his uh, home people come to him and uh, all these men come to him and, and they, these are men that are cast down. They're poor. It says, it says they're in debt people. They're broken people. They're bitter in their heart. They're in pain. Um, they come to him and they pronounce David as basically their leader. They're going to follow him. And uh, but later on, if you was to skip ahead, and I'm not going to read the chapters, but if you want to look at them later in First Chronicles 11 and uh, chapter 12 as well, it talks about these mighty men, David's mighty men, and some some Bibles even have a heading that says David's mighty men. And so these men, it speaks about their honor, how great and honorable these men are, and all the mighty exploits that they did, but they didn't start out that way. They started out poor, broken, distressed, uh, in debt, like they didn't have anything hardly to live for, it seemed like, and mad people, just upset, but it speaks specifically about how honorable they were. How did they become that way? These, these men in First Chronicles 11 and 12 are the same men that started out in Samuel, as those people and then they become these great mighty men it's like how did they become that they became that because they followed David and we, we read in the Bible that David was a man after God's own heart and what that means is is that David his concern was what God's concern was and so the benefits of they honored David as their leader and they honored the things that David honored and because of that God blessed them and honored them, and they became these great mighty people. So no matter how we start off in life, if we show God honor and the people of God honor, then it in turn will bring honor back to us. Skipping ahead from that, uh, 
years pass, in the course of time, Saul's still trying to kill David. Saul winds up dying in battle. David um, eventually becomes king of Judah and then all of, all of Israel he's king of. Then David decides, he's like, you know what? During Saul's time, we never tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. He's like, let's, let's inquire, let's get the Ark. So they go to get the Ark of the Covenant. And, you know, there's problems the first time, and then it winds up going to Obed Edom. We're not going to dwell on that. And then the second time, David looks, he said, well, I'm going to prepare a place for the tent. I did think it was interesting that the first time they went to get it and they had problems, he did not prepare a place for the ark. But the second time, before he went and got it, he prepared a place. And I was like, there's a message there too. But David, he looked and he said, you know what? Let's get the ark. Let's get the ark. So they get the ark and they bring it back. Then David looks and he said, you know what? I'm living in a palace. They call it a house of cedars. They said, I'm, I'm, I'm a king. I'm living in a palace. And the ark of God, the ark of the Lord, is only in a tent. He's like, I'm going to build a house for the Lord. And Nathan, he, he told tells him, he said, look, go ahead and do what's in your heart. But then later that night, God, God gives a talk to Nathan. He said, look, and and he tells him to do, and, and then Nathan tells it back to David. He said, look, he said, uh, you're not the one to build me a house. He said, your son's going to do it. Your seed's going to do it. He said, but because you had my heart, your thoughts was on my heart. Your thoughts was on me making sure I was right. Your, your heart was to honor me. And because your heart was to honor me, I'm going to honor you. So here, and, and the way it says it in the scripture, he says, I'm going to, the Lord is going to build you a house. So here David was out and he was set forth. He said, I'm going to build the Lord a house, a place for him, which is the temple. And, but the Lord said, no. He said, you're not going to be the one to do this. Your seed's going to do this, but I'm going to build you a house. And he said, even further than that, he said, and, and what he was saying by building a house is that your seed is going to be blessed. All your descendants are going to be blessed. So he's saying, I'm going to take and I'm going to make sure that your kingdom, the, the kingdom of your seed, your offspring, is going to be established forever. That it's going to be continuing on and on. And then if you look further down and you look uh, or further later, Jesus is in the lineage of King David. And that kingdom is established forever. And then if you think about it even further, because we've accepted Jesus as our Lord, that kingdom is established in us. We're in that same lineage, and we're blessed forever. We're established forever. Yes. And those are just some of the benefits I saw. I was thinking about it. I was like, when we honor God, when we honor the things of God, and that's what David did, is he honored God. He honored the things of God, and God, in turn, honored him. He didn't honor God to get something. He did it just because he loved God. But because that he did, God saw his heart. He said, look, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to honor you. And so as we close, I didn't want to take a whole lot of time. Yeah. So I didn't want to take a whole lot of time, but I want to give everybody else a chance to talk. Everybody, who likes to talk? Becky, I know you like to talk. I think we get to talk about the pastor. Yeah. <laughs>
Holly said we're gonna talk about the bachelor, and you ain't even got you can come up here if you want. That way you ain't talking behind his back, y'all folks back there. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but we are honoring David today, and uh, he's been a blessing to us. Uh, I was thinking about David's life, and I was looking at some of the different things. I was like, man, it's like I was thinking about King David's life. <laughs> but I, I was looking and I was seeing how David is. Our David, Pastor David, that's the distinguishment there, Pastor David. He's, how he is here, I've been around him outside of church functions because he is my father-in-law. So I've been around him and he's true to his word. He's true to his character. How he is here, he is there. I mean, he's, I go over to his house, he's got, he's got some kind of preaching going on. He's got something going on most all the time. Uh, Will Birkin or something, but he, he he's good he's good to his character, and I, I was, he's blessed me. I've grown under I've grown under your ministry and just been blessed. And uh, I thank God for you that He got you into my life, got me got me heard. <laughs> That's the main thing. You're just a, a bonus. But, uh, Ava, you want to say something? First of all, I'd like to give honor to God and I thank Him for what He's done in my life. And I thank Pastor David and his wife, Sister Sandy. They did a lot. And, and we're learning a lot. Thank God for His obedience. And I, I'd say I love y'all and love you, Sandy. And I hope we all continue on to the Lord. We appreciate you both. Oh, you won't be speaking. First of all, I want to say, tell y'all how much I love y'all and respect you. And both of you are very compassionate people. And it's evident the, the love you have for God. It's, it's all over your face. But I am thankful that God has blessed you, Pastor, with the gift to preach and teach. And that you take the time and challenge us and give us opportunity to express ourselves and our testimonies. And, and I'm thankful that God has brought me back here. I've learned so much, and this is where I need to be. But God bless y'all, and I love y'all. And glory to God. I give God, God all, the, Amen. all the glory. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the microphone. <laughs> but I do have to tell the truth because of where I'm at. <clears throat> I love you, Brother David. I appreciate your ministry. I pray for y'all's ministry every day, every morning. That's where we start the day out of time. And uh, I go a lot because I was going down I was going down a road that I'd been down probably half a dozen times when I came here. And, uh, you know, it was a bad road. And uh, coming here, I've learned a lot. I trust the Lord. You know, when I, when I was in church before, I was in the choir, I was in the music, and all that. You know, the Lord sent me here. I felt like He wanted me to come here. And He placed me under your ministry to hear your preaching and teach the Word. Because I'm missing the truth because I can see it written in your Word. And I just want to thank y'all very much for that. 
understanding. They challenged me. They pushed me. When I was ready to give up, they knew I was ready to give up. They knew just when to step in and what to say. And I, since I've been here, this is my family. I love y'all. Thank the Lord for everything that he done for Ruth and I personally. Also, thank the Lord for David and Tammy for when they come here. When I first was here and David was made pastor, it wasn't necessarily a fond thing with me. But over the years, I've become the world. I love the man and his wife. Not only for what and who they represent, but standing strong, correcting people when they do something stupid, but doing it in little. I also thank God for what He's done to help me to begin to where people can see that God is working in me, through me, to do the things to make the place where it was once beautiful. It was turned to trash. I didn't care about it. But God began to do a work. Every time I would go back to work and uh, or get to the store, I would look over there to the rock to the right and see the pump house all tore down and fell in pieces. And the Lord would speak to me and say, you need to do something about that. And praise God, he spoke these things every time. Once I went by, he would do something. Praise God, something's been done by it. It is no longer a pile of scrap wood with a pump house not working. It has been torn down, demolished, and thrown away. And um, now it's only a uh, two-by-four frozen ground with a receptacle out there to plug something in if you need a, you know, whatever. But uh, I'm not being shit. You're welcome. <laughs> I just want to say I love the Lord, but I do love Pastor David and Sister Sandy. And I look at Sister Sandy as the pastor as well because they're one. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful that I know I can trust him to pray for me because he has many times. And God shared with me and Ronnie about Brother David, but I'm sure nobody knows this because we haven't told anybody about him being a pastor, him and Sister Sandy. And we went to him and told him that God had put that on our heart for him to think about that. And he did. But it wasn't from us. It was from God because God had used us to get him where he is today. And he's helping us get to where we are today. And I'm so thankful for that. Y'all are a church family. We love y'all. We don't always do everything right. But I'm thankful we serve a forgiving God and that we have a forgiving church family. And I love all of y'all. And love you special. Thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hand, hand it right on back here. Let Ronnie say something. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy. 